Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the adventure for week number five. Yeah, five. Holy cow. Uh, so we want to apologize a little bit about uh, last week's audio. Uh, we had a few issues trying to do some editing there. and I was significantly quieter. Um, and so we ran it through a program. Uh, what was the name of the program? Uh, I don't even remember. It was Level something or other. Yeah. But, Levelizer, uh, I think. Levelizer, yeah. We threw it through this program, um, and it made us sort of more on equal pegging in terms of volume, but I kind of sound like I'm in a cave, so... Uh, yeah, but... But but all things really worked out. Yeah, so it's not too bad. Uh, we appreciate y'all bearing with us through these first couple weeks and trying to get stuff figured out. And we want to give an early shout-out already for this week. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, we heard a story from our friend Lindsay from... Yeah, down in Galveston. Galveston. And I guess they were up for a young adult meeting um just because our young adult community starting to get more involved with the diocese and mm-hmm. i guess there were some listeners potentially from saint anne's who were like oh is that the youth minister podcast um and we are so if you are from saint anne's and you are listening we appreciate you uh yeah. so thank you so much for listening tell all your friends yeah so we want to just thank everyone for listening through all of the the craziness of the first couple of weeks so hopefully uh the audio is getting better here and Hopefully the content gets a little better too, but we we're still learning. Yeah, we appreciate you guys and, and uh, bearing with us. So thank you all so much for that. Um, but yeah, so it's been kind of a, a busy couple of weeks for us, I guess, especially for me uh, with work and everything. We're coming off uh, a couple weekends ago. We had our junior high lock-in, so we had 90 different uh, junior high kids packed into a building for an entire night and then even with that it was uh an extra hour because of daylight savings time right. too so it was pretty late and then uh this past weekend we had the uh a high school retreat too so two weekends in a row and this is kind of just coming off of that um yeah you know? so so he's, you would say clint that you're pretty zombified yeah, right now i'm fe- feeling pretty tired at the moment yeah so speaking of zombies uh this week, um, I kind of wanted to talk about The Walking Dead. I mentioned it in last week's podcast. And so I've been watching the show, uh, and, you know, it's something I've been known to do on Sunday evenings. Uh, <laughs> and something struck me in the second episode of this season that i sort of been wanting to talk about, but we've had other content that we've had to sort of feed in here. So yeah. um, for those of you who live under a rock, or just adamantly against watching things that are inherently entertaining. Uh, the Walking Dead is a popular show on AMC that centers around a group of survivors, and particularly a man named Rick Grimes uh, and his two children, 
and sort of their group as they attempt to survive in a post-apocalyptic zombie-infested world. And I think the show does a really good job of showing that the true danger does not necessarily lie in these like slow shambling zombies, right? I think zombies have become sort of a cliche. I know our friend CJ sort of hates zombies because he thinks they're this cliche of like, oh, like just throw in zombies and like that can be the big bad guy. <laughs> and you were like, they're so slow, you can just run around them. And that's true. And the show does a good job right. of when they're in a big group, it's kind of hard to get around them. But it's kind of funny actually that you say, uh, that you have to live under a rock to not see this because yeah. uh, I think I was telling you earlier like I've only seen maybe two or three episodes of I think it was season seven yeah but, uh, yeah so I I really don't know the show very well but I, I do know a little bit so hopefully I can offer in some contribute insight. a little bit yeah but yeah anyway so so what I think is is really interesting with the show is is it really shows that like those zombies aren't necessarily the big problem they're like a background threat and people do certainly die from zombies in a yeah. certain sense but but really uh, the main uh, the main threat lies in groups of other survivors um, and I think that the show serves as a great social commentary and warning on society without moral restraints but I guess that topic will have to wait for another future podcast foreshadowing um, yeah because today I want to talk about Negan and Rick um, I think these two men, are in many ways very similar, right? They're strong. Um, they're willing to do what needs to be done. They're no nonsense. Um, and, you know, they have all this talk about doing what's best for their people. Um, and I don't think that should really come as a surprise of any fans of the show because Rick has always stood in, like, con contrasted comparison with some of the villains of the show, right? We all hated Shane until Rick started to make those tough decisions too. And we all thought the governor was crazy. And then Rick was sort of the same way when he first came to Alexandria. He was this crazy sort of feral man. And so in reality, I think the show tends to follow Rick as he tries to figure out the boundaries on his life. Um, and he sort of struggles with what he's been through and, and his limits and sort of not falling down the slippery slope. Um, and I think that the show really just shows the psyche of, of trying to survive and, and keep your humanity. Uh, but, you know, in this season, Rick has come back from the brink to a more moderated Rick, uh, but no less willing to act. You know, initially he gave in to Negus ter terrorist tactics of bringing out his barbed wire bat Lucille. Um, but eventually he sparked, a he sparked a revolution. In a lot of ways, I think Negan and Rick are two sides of the same coin. Um, but they have this, like, huge major difference. So Negan is fundamentally selfish and self-interested. Mm -hmm. uh, while Rick does what he does for the good of others um, and the good of the community. And so, uh, so just sort of analyze their way of dealing with others, right? Negan terrorizes and threatens those under him until they admit that I am Negan. We see this when he sort of um, tries to get Daryl to sort of fall into the fold. He asks, who are you? Um, and he wants him to say, I'm Negan. Um, and he has this idea that what belongs to others rightfully belongs to him. And he promises safety and supplies at the expense of your individuality. As long as you follow the rules, as long as you recognize the rules, you'll be fine. And basically do what he says when he says and give him what he wants. And he will make sure you don't meet the fated end of Lucille. Yeah, that is actually one of the few characters that I actually know from this story. I know one of the episodes I saw... Um, and you can probably give more details on it, but there was a bunch of people. He kind of captured him and trapped him and forced him to like kneel on the ground, and then he came in with his his baseball bat. Yeah, so that was Rick's group, and that's kind of why Rick eventually sort of gave in to Negan's terrorist tactics. 
because um, you never met Negan up until that point. Okay. And that was sort of his introduction um, where he sort of starts hitting people. And there's there's a lot of uh, a lot in there. Um, but but yeah, so so basically he comes in and he's he's this just fearful man. Um, yeah, he was brutal. <laughs> yeah, brutal and just. Uh, you know, even the way he deals with other groups, right? Fall in line of the saviors, right? He meets an outsider and he's like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. What can you give us? You know, what can you bring? Uh, and everyone has their place, but it's it's sort of this dictatorship almost of... Uh, he Negan ends up having all these wives because the husbands will have broken a rule and then the wife will be like, well, I'll marry you, Negan, if you spare my, my husband. And so Negan, wow. in his okay. magnanimity, it's like, oh, okay, sure, you know? Um... And you kind of see this a lot in his lieutenants, uh, and they're kind of given this special position because they recognize that Negan is in charge, um, and all they do is for him. And they're the ones who, when asked, like, who is Negan, they're the ones who are usually the ones saying, I'm Negan. Um, And so, in essence, they become an extension of him, uh, making the phrase, I am Negan, not just as, like, cliche, like, I am Spartacus or something like that. I am Spartacus. But a startling (laughs) reality based in fear. Um, And in contrast... I think Rick ultimately wants to relinquish control of his leadership. Uh, he doesn't really see himself so much as a leader, but as a general. I mean, you see this early on when they're in the prison with the governor, and he kind of takes to farming and, and gardening until he needs to step up. Um, and you really see that this season when he recognizes all of this and tells Maggie that he'll be following her after the war with the saviors is over. Mm. Um, and so... Even in the second episode, he admits that this war isn't about him. Uh, there, there's this like scene where, you know, they're at, they ask him like, "Are you okay? Like, are you okay with all of this?" And he kind of looks in, at them and he says, "Well, this isn't about me." And I think that that's the major difference between Negan and Rick is that Negan is all about himself, while Rick is very much about others. Like, what is best for these people? Like, this isn't right. about me. This is about the greater. Yeah, a, a really, like, selfless uh, yeah. mentality of what he goes to as a leader. Right, and so he does what needs to be done for the good of others. And while I'm certainly not condoning consequentialism, right, that's this idea that, like, the ends justify the means, I will say that Rick ultimately declares himself a hero in this willingness to serve. And in a lot of ways... So Rick represents this reluctant Christ figure. Um, yeah. So I guess I don't like I said I don't know much about the show, but from listening to kind of what you have here, um, it, it almost sounds like this this Negan guy. Uh, a lot of people would say that he is kind of like their understanding of who Christ is in a way. You know, uh, this idea that he just kind of scares you with a bunch of rules into joining his creepy cult. Where you do whatever he wants out of fear of the leader, right? And I think it's kind of ironic, actually. You said that his group is called the Saviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. It, it just kind of feeds to this mentality that this is the the kind of the unfortunate understanding that a lot of people have of, of Christ and of Christianity. Um, and they kind of think that to be a Christian is to give up who you are and give up what, what makes you happy in order to fit in for what is expected of you. And obviously that's not the case at all. Um, I don't know the show very well, but, but the main community kind of seems to have their specific roles that fit in with who they are from, from the few episodes that I have seen. So um, 
I think it was season seven that I saw uh, mm-hmm. from yeah. what I was describing to you before. Um, and they were in like this community with huge walls. And if I remember correctly, they had people that were in charge of uh, like medicine. There's people in charge of like gardening and food and stuff like that. And then they had the leaders and the warriors. And, and I think you were telling me that it's kind of become more of everyone as a warrior now just because of the circumstances. But for a while, they all had their, their specific roles. And I think that is more like Christianity, you know, to, to me, that's more like rep- resembling the, the body of Christ. And uh, um, Paul talks about in like first Corinthians 12 and, and how we all have our role in that community. Yeah. And, um, and that's very true. So you definitely see that with sort of with the saviors, everyone has their role, but they're, they're forced into it. And if you don't do your role well, there's consequences to pay, right? You, you're forced to do okay. a certain thing. Whereas in Alexandria, which is where Rick's group is, and then in the kingdom and the hilltop, which are all sort of the same, you just use your gifts and, and you contribute to the community in the best way you can. And yeah. um, and that's the difference is, is Negan is running this sort of dictatorship of fear, which I think a lot of people think Christianity is. But but in reality, you know, the, the group of, of our, our heroes and protagonists is really what Christianity looks like, right? This freedom to to serve in the best way you can, right? You're, you, you're free to do what you want, um, and you're just working toward the betterment of the community. Right. Um, and so, like I said, I really think that, that Rick represents this, this sort of Christ figure in a ways, right? He's someone who brings the hope to his people. And in a lot of ways, he seems like Christ in, uh, in the garden, right? Wanting the cup to pass before him, but recognizing that he needs to act to attain a future for his people in Alexandria. Um, and I think it would be easy for Rick to become Negan and act only for himself, right? He has the the following and the charisma. Uh, that's one of the reasons that Negan is such a terrifying antagonist is that he's he's very likable. Mm-hmm. Like even though he's insane and kind of scary, like he's a very likable, charismatic guy. Um, you know, but he but he still wants freedom for his people. Uh, Rick does, and in a lot of ways, it reminds me of Philippians two, where Christ did not view equality with God, something to be grasped, but instead emptied and humbled himself. Right. So, so like Rick is kind of there and he knows like I could be the, the leader of these people, but he just wants to be able to serve them so that he can go back to his family and they can have a better life. Right. And I think that's actually such a, uh, a beautiful statement, you know, of, of what a leader should look like yeah. rather than desiring the power, desiring the, the leadership role itself, just desiring to to be with them and to just serve them in whatever way they can. Yeah, I, I remember, um, I really think this, this dynamic between Negan and Rick, uh, there was a, there was a text conversation I had with a philosophy professor back in college. And he sent me this, this quote, um, and I don't exactly remember who it was from. Um, but if you can get more with a kind word and a gun than with just a kind word, Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and so he like said this and he was, he was obviously, it was like this, uh, philosophical thing. Um, and I think in a lot of ways that's like Negan's mindset, right? Sure. Say, yeah. say nice things, but make sure you have your, your gun to back you up. Whereas, um, I actually retorted with a quote by Albert Camus that, uh, nothing is more despicable than respect based on fear. And I think that that's something that Rick sort of embodies, right? He's not trying to be afraid. And even the way that they, they, um, interact with outsiders you know in this season they're they're a little more skeptical and less willing to let outsiders in because there could be spies from the saviors but in the past uh they asked three questions you know 
uh, how many zombies have you killed or walkers have you killed? How many people have you killed and why? Um, this is what they ask people. Who this is what they, and they and basically as long as you're not some psycho, but that you've you know maybe fought in self defense and sure. that you've you you know you're willing to to do what needs to be done, but but you're not evil. You know you're actually like a good person. They like welcome you into their community, um, which is very different than hey, give me what I want or I'm gonna bash your head in with a baseball bat. Sure. And, you know, and, and I, I think, you know, in light of Thanksgiving coming up, you know, one of the things that kind of stands out is Negan always wants more, right? He always wants uh, more and more, uh, and he finds a new community, and he's like, what can I take from them? Whereas Rick is very content with what he has. If he never bumped into the Saviors, he would be content with Alexandria. Right. He'd be content with his family. Um, and given that Thanksgiving is coming up, this spirit of gratitude, I think, is something we can sort of learn from him. Um, and on top of that, I think that we can sort of view Rick as a model for us in that and that, uh, his core, he's a man of action and as Christians, we are called to action, right? We are called to actively work for the kingdom, not necessarily in violence like Rick, but in love and prayer. Uh, we are to fight our own war, which is a spiritual warfare raging between heaven and Satan all around us. Um, and we are not to sit idly by as the culture swirls around us, but we are to step into the world and work toward changing it. We profess this in the Lord's Prayer and we say, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we are to help in that. Yeah. Right? I think that's kind of something that we just glance over a lot of the times. Um, you know, the Our Father is something that uh, many of us, we, we learned as, as kids, you know, if we were raised Catholic. or, um, But... It's just something we don't really think about when we say, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What, is, what does that mean, you know? A lot of the times, they're just words coming out of our mouth, and it's not something that uh, reaches into our heart um, and that we put into action. Uh, but I think that's something to really think about, for sure. Right, and we're, we're to be active participants in that. Right. Right, we're to sort of help with that. Um, and we're called to keep God and others in mind, like Rick, and, and bring them to the promised land, back to heaven um we're sort of pr to participate in god's saving work and bring god's will of salvation to earth uh, i think of the quote you know that christ has no hands or feet on earth but ours right, right. from mother Teresa. it's more of a paraphrase but um, i think that's a, a christian song too i don't remember who sings that yeah uh, if we are the body i don't remember if we are the bodies yeah i don't know but but really i think um that that's sort of the thing is that we are called to to really be selfless and to really go out and serve one another with our gifts and talents. Now, obviously, Rick's is, is being a good general, but um, not all of us are necessarily called to do that, to defend people. Mm -hmm. But but we all have our gifts and talents, and we all need to sort of put them to work in the body of Christ. And I think that we need to remember to be more like Rick, to be more of that selfless defender and an and actor toward the betterment of, of the kingdom than, than a Negan character who is sort of egocentric and all about me and what can I get, what can you do for me as opposed to what I can do for you. Right. Now, I think something to keep in mind for sure is, like, like you said, um, Rick kind of as the, the Christ in the garden um, asking the, the cup to pass from him, but ultimately it comes down to him saying, but thy will be done, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. I think that definitely goes into uh, your, your kind of reflection there on the, the the our Father, right? So, Lord, I, I don't I don't want this 
exact role. Uh, this isn't something that, that I desire for myself, uh, kind of, um, kind of that, but then recognizing, Lord, if it's your will, and if this is why you gave me the talents that I have, the skills that I have, uh, if this is my role in the body, Lord, let it be done. And I think that's, that's very, um, very humbling, you know, mm-hmm. a, a very hum- humble thought. You know, we think of humility a lot of the times as like being brought down or lowered. Um, but I think humility in a way is just recognizing like who we are, like rec- recognizing uh, why God created us for it. So, so we want to thank you guys for joining the adventure this week. Um, please be sure to subscribe, uh, to follow us on Facebook, um, to give us a rating on iTunes and podcasts, actually, or, um, and SoundCloud. Yeah, so uh, if, if you're following us on iTunes or, or SoundCloud, whichever one, uh, it's kind of unfortunate. So I can see uh, how many of y'all are listening on SoundCloud, but I, I can't see how many of y'all are subscribing on, on iTunes. So I'm just trusting that, that you're out there. Um, but uh, we, we appreciate all you guys listening. And something that you can do to help build up the, the body of Christ this week, um, this is kind of a, a plea for, for help here. So the way iTunes works, uh, the more subscribers and the more um, reviews you have, positive reviews, they actually recommend the podcast to more people. So if you're listening, if you like what we have, and if you want to help us get to more people and spread what we do, uh, a really easy way to do that is to click that subscribe button and then uh, write a positive review. It doesn't even have to be much. Is I mean, give us a few stars there. Help us out a little bit. Um, and then iTunes will see that and they, they'll uh, bring us to a, a point where they can uh, recommend us to people listening and, and trying to find uh, Christ in in whatever form of media they're going for. And Right. And I think that um, obviously that would really help us out and uh, we obviously we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, we're all really new. At, we're both really new at this, yeah. so we're, we're still learning. So we appreciate you guys bearing with us as we have sound issues and you know we fumble on our own words sometimes. Right. Yeah. So I, I want to give one last shout out. Um, okay. From my end this week, uh, so I want to give a shout out to my good friend Alex Fry. Uh, he's a seminarian up at. Uh, University of Dallas, UD. Um, and so he actually has a podcast too, uh, Frater Catholic Podcast. Um, and so I want to give a shout out to him. He's a, a good friend of mine from the Pines Catholic Camp. And um, I, I heard that they started a podcast right before us. And so they have been a huge help in um, just kind of getting started uh, and making sure that we know um, the best ways to go about doing this. So right. huge help from him. So I'm going to give a shout out to the solo re- person who gave us a review, Jason O. Yeah, Jason O. Uh, yeah, appreciate you. Uh, we really enjoy the review you gave us. So hope you're still listening. Yeah, hopefully uh, you still enjoy the content uh, as much as you did then. So uh, once again, thank you all so much for listening and uh, God bless. Thanks for joining us on the adventure.